0: And what kept coming up with life admin and how it was out of control. We were just overwhelmed. We were all working, we, had, we all had young children. And we just felt we were carrying too much of the burden of life admin in our household, all of the paying the bills, the filing, the decluttering, the meal planning, managing our social lives and all the communication from school, all the policies and plans that kept on expiring and needing us to, to hunt down new deals. So, this idea was born.
1: Welcome to the Secrets of Supermom Show, where we explore how successful, busy moms battle overwhelm, beat burnout, and stay happy in the process. I'm your host, Lori Oberbreckling, wife, mom of four, corporate executive, photographer, and author of the book Secrets of Supermom How Extraordinary Moms Succeed at Work and Home, and how you can too. Hey, hey, friend, welcome to episode number 48 of the Secrets of Supermom Show. When I was looking over the notes for today's show and just kind of getting organized, I was a little bit blown away that we're almost to 50 episodes. It just is a little bit surreal to me. So it has been amazing. If you've been with me from the very start, I adore you. And if you are just jumping in new, I am so happy that you're here. Today, we are continuing our Supermom guest episodes, and joining us today is Mia Northrup. So. In her day job, Mia was an expert in pain points and improving uh, user experience. And so as a mom, she realized that other moms were really struggling with something really specific, and that was these life admin tasks. So essentially, these personal and household administrative tasks were really taking time and effort and really stressing moms out. And she even tells a story of of going out uh, with some mom friends and having cheese and wine and just kind of realizing, oh my goodness, moms are really struggling with this. And she realized that there were actually not very many resources out there for people and parents especially. So she and an old school friend started a podcast to share this information and now they just released a book. So it just came out in January and she's going to tell us all about it. But y'all, this is really the perfect time in your year to think about managing all this life admin. And so I think you're really going to love the tips in this episode. I am thrilled to introduce you to Mia Northrup today. Hey, hey friends, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have Mia with me today. Welcome Mia to the show. Hello, Lori. I, um, I will say that as we're interviewing, um, today we are in different continents. So Mia, it's 6am for her. (sighs) You guys know that I love an early morning, so it is not quite as early for me, but, um, I appreciate the, the early morning. So you're probably listening to this, not at 6am, but, um, but she is ready to go and talk all about what I know our super moms are going to love. And that is life admin. So if you're not sure what that means, if you're thinking, what is that? We're going to talk about that today. But first, I want Mia to just introduce yourself and tell us about you and your family.
0: Thank you. So Laurie, I've worked in digital for the last 15 years as a user experience designer and researcher. I'm in Melbourne. I've worked in the US. I've worked in New York and digital agencies. I've worked in consultancies and in-house. And my role has all been about designing user-friendly apps and websites and software and understanding people's pain points when they're using certain tools and how to improve them. And I have a son who's eight. I have a daughter who's 10. They're both in elementary school. I was married for 15 years, separated amicably two years ago. And so now we co-parent, we have a 50-50 arrangement, which has um, informed some of the life admin suggestions I'm going to be talking about today in terms of managing that juggle and that um, sharing of responsibilities. But it's about three years ago, I was on a girls weekend away with some old school friends. There was a lot of wine, a lot of cheese, and there was a lot of venting. There was a lot of venting <laughs> about work and kids and partners and life and the juggle and what kept coming up with life admin and how it was out of control. We were just overwhelmed. We were all working. We had we all had young children. And we just felt we were carrying too much of the burden of life admin in our household, all of the paying the bills, the filing, the decluttering, the meal planning, managing our social lives and all the communication from school, all the policies and plans that kept on expiring and needing us to, to uh, hunt down new deals. So this idea was born. We thought, well, first of all, we thought there must be answers out there. There must be resources that we can draw on to improve our life admin We had a look around, there were none, and we decided let's do something about it. So my co-host and co-author, Dinah, old school friend, we began our own podcast called Life Admin Life Hacks, and that gave birth to a book which has just come out called Life Admin Hacks. And it's all about those personal and household administrative tasks that are kind of like the homework of life. And we focus on how to optimize it how to minimize it and how to share it. Oh,
1: I love this topic because I think that so parents in general, right. Have a lot going on if, especially if you're working parents, you have a job, you have children to keep alive and then you have everything else in your home and in your life that has to be taken care of. But I think especially at least so I, you know, obviously I've interviewed a lot of moms. I've talked to a lot of moms Mm. and I, I think this impacts dads, but so often it more impacts moms. Moms seem mm. to take the brunt of it. They seem to, even where all other things are equal, moms seem to have a larger load in this area. So mm. why do you think this, this gets so out of control and overwhelming for moms?
0: Well, it, it's essentially the third piece of the domestic labor puzzle. So we talk a lot, you know, you know about housework which is really the cleaning, the cooking, the laundry. And we talk about the parenting, which is, you know, looking after the emotional and physical and intellectual uh, development of your child. But then there's life admin, which is this third lump of activity. And often it's kind of invisible and it's unacknowledged. And like housework and parenting often falls to mums, this area has also fallen to mums. I think there's that sort of gender inequity that goes on in society that plays out in housework and parenting, and it's also playing out in the life admin front. So there is that sort of societal element to this, but there's also tools, there's also approaches, there's also beliefs that contribute to the fact that it's out of control. So we find that, one... Life admin is kind of undefined. People don't have a definition of it. It's unacknowledged. So they don't plan for it. They don't talk about it and they don't design a methodical approach around it. There's also just an increasing magnitude of life admin. So you have your everyday life admin, which is the stuff that just keeps your household ticking along. It's the decluttering and the meal planning. It's comparison shopping, your major household bills. It's things like your tax and your super. And then you have life admin that's triggered by life events so if you move house if you start a new job if you have a baby if you buy a house these also have you know lots of admin associated with them and it ticks up a level so when you do buy a house or you do have a child not only do you deal with the admin in the moment your whole level of life admin raises forever and ironically you have less time to deal with it. So we did some research, actually. We know that people do about 500 life admin tasks a year and that parents do about 33% more than households without kids. And we found that about one in three people are also doing life admin for another adult in their family. So that might be helping out with the life admin with a parent or some other adult relative. So that's that sandwich generation factor as well. There's also the fact that some people have some unhelpful beliefs around life admin. They think, oh, if I just add more willpower or more discipline or more motivation, this stuff would be under control. So there's a bit of self-criticism. On top of that, they think It'll just, I'll just get to it when I get to it. I'll, it might happen in magic time. And then i not actually <laughs> dedicating time in their calendar. There's no weekly spot in their schedule where they sit down and just deal with the life admin. They try and just squeeze it around other things, which you can do for some of it. But some of it does require you to sit down and concentrate and like do some research. So some of those things are also contributing to that overwhelm factor.
1: It's so true. Cause you might make plans to say, okay, from six to six 30, I'm going to make dinner or after dinner, I'm going to fold laundry, but you're not saying, and then today I'm going to look at my tax bills for the last quarter. That's and it. then I'm also going to, you know, to make sure my will is still updated. You just don't That's put it. those things on your calendar. And then, and then you're right, they get overwhelming because maybe there's too many of them. Or sometimes yeah. there are things we don't know how to do very well because we don't do them very often. And you know, there there yeah. are definitely things that I think, oh man, this is going to take me a long time because I don't remember how to really do it. And then I put
0: it off. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the things we focus on in the book. It's like, okay, there's some things like, you know, your internet plan or your mobile phone plan. And you realize- I'm probably out of contract, like I've had this phone for a long time. I don't even know what the latest plans are. And I don't actually know the decision-making criteria. Am I just looking at the data each month? Like what, how am I comparing plans? So the book gives people those decision-making criteria. It says, these are the four things to focus on. If you need to call a provider, here's the script, here's what to ask for, here's a table so you can do some comparison and, and put some figures down as a shortcut. So like lots of people think, oh, I just don't have time to do this. I'm, I need more time. Some of it is about, okay, you do need to actual schedule time. And we su- suggest that you schedule an hour of power each week, mm. put it on a Sunday, call it set me up Sunday, put it on a Monday, call it Monday magic time, like give it a nifty name in the calendar, but dedicate an hour of power of week to sit down and do some of those tasks that require a little reflection or a little research or an analysis or discussion with your partner. Um, and then you can actually approach um, an activity with some shortcuts and with some uh, some uh, new abilities so you can do it faster. So we usually get people to think about life admin, but the, the size of the tasks in three different ways. So things that would require an hour of power. Then you have your little things which is like you get an email, you need to pay a quick bill or the school sends you something and you need to fill in a form very quickly. And we call those two minutes, two easy tasks. And it's the idea that if it's going to take you less than two minutes to do, just do it now. Don't let it accumulate in a pile. Don't set it aside for another time because they just stack up. If it's less than two minutes, just go, all right, two minutes, too easy. I'll just do it now. And then it's done. And then In between your hour of power and your two minutes to easy tasks, you have your 10-minute time killers. And these are all those other little tasks that might require a little bit of online shopping for a gift for a kid's birthday party or a little bit of um, meal planning for the week, something that's sort of around 10 minutes long. And the idea with these is that you do these in the sort of white space and downtime in your day. So we wouldn't suggest that you need to block out time for this, but you do need to think, all right, you know, I've got that time where I'm picking up so-and-so from soccer and I'm usually waiting in the car for 15 minutes while they're saying goodbye to their friends. Or I know there's some white space between this meeting finishing and this next appointment. And that's when you can pull out your phone, have a look at what's on your to-do list and just quickly bang out one of those tasks. And it might be that time we you'd usually pull out your phone and have a little zombie scroll on Instagram <laughs> or Facebook. And instead of doing that, if you want to like reduce your level of stress about life admin, that'd be the time to just knock off one of those quick tasks.
1: I love that. For so long- we talk about small pockets of time, you know, in, yeah. in secrets of Supermom, we talk about those small pockets of time and that That super moms, right, when they're very, very busy, know how to use those small pockets of time because they put those tiny tasks in there and then they don't get overwhelmed by this huge stack of 10 minute tasks. And that's exactly what you're saying. And Mm -hmm. you're pulling in those life admin tasks. I love it. I think that makes so much
0: sense. Well, you might think initially, I don't have time for this. It's taking up too much time when you sit back and reflect on your calendar and all of those little gaps that you have in the day. The time will reveal itself if you're mindful and, and actually tune in to those moments.
1: Yes, I, I think that's so true. I have an example of your two-minute um of your two-minute strategy, two too minute easy, time strategy. Yeah. yeah, two minute too easy. We um we have four children, right? So we get mm. a giant amount of birthday party invites, like massive yeah. amount of birthday party invites. And any time an invite would come home, my strategy was look at the calendar, determine if you can do, if they can go and RSVP immediately. Right. Put it down. And then I won't forget. I'm not putting it in a stack and thinking, oh, shoot. Did I RSVP for that party? Did I get a gift for that party? Did I do any of those things? I would just do it Uh right then, because you're right. It takes two minutes to text a mom and say, yes, I'll be there. And then put that on my list for a gift that I need to buy. And then I never forgot to do it. And I thought, how many other places could I use this? And you're saying Uh a lot, potentially, that we could use it in a lot of ways.
0: That's it especially when forms are coming in or bills are coming in, there is that, you know, the the default response might be to the, I just get to that later. Like in some other, this is it, I'll get to it in some other magic time. No, just do it now. And then that's done. So it really does relieve some of that anxiety and stress and overwhelm that can build up. And we're all about peace of mind. We want to get you back more time. We want to allow you to have more peace of mind we want you to save money as well. So some of these things, if you act on a timely way, you're going to save yourself money because you're going to be making sure that you are staying competitive in terms of the deals you have, things like your mortgage, your house and contents insurance, all of your plans for electricity and gas. Those plans and policies change all the time in the market. And you'll be paying a loyalty tax if you don't you know review those things each year and see what the latest competitive deals are and switch around yeah
1: absolutely i think that's so true i think so i know a lot of moms are thinking okay i could absolutely use those strategies i uh, you know i think that would make my life easier i think they're thinking okay yes i can absolutely do this but i think a little part of them is going okay i can definitely do this, but I also want my partner to help me more, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. And so I wanna <laughs> ask you, Do we, are there strategies to get your partner on board with some of these things and being able to divide and conquer or or yeah. however you, you say it?
0: Yeah, our research showed that life admin causes friction in about 80% of households to some extent. So usually because the, the burden of it falls inequitably someone's shouldering a lot of it and it causes a lot of tension and frustration and friction so you're definitely not alone if you're like yeah I I can't carry this and this feels really unfair so there are some practical things you can do we would recommend that every family have a shared digital calendar and so all of the family activities all of the responsibilities go into this shared digital space that both you and your partner have access to so that it's not just in your calendar or it's in a wall calendar or someplace where only you are looking. And we would actually also suggest that you have a shared life admin, a dedicated life admin email address. this blows some people's minds because they're like, does this mean I have to go to all my providers and update my email address? Yeah, but what it does is it puts it into neutral territory. So instead of it just coming into your email inbox and you having to deal with it, It's now going into your family's life admin email inbox and you can have a discussion around who's, you know, what the protocol is, who's checking that inbox, who's dealing with um, the messages and the correspondence and the bills and everything that comes in there. So moving this to neutral territory lets it become a household task rather than just you as a personal task, and you can talk about the management of that inbox. Mm. And also a lot of people will take like a new Google Um, calendar with the Google Gmail and the cloud storage that goes along with that. I'll get a new OneDrive email. But it shifts it into that neutral territory. And then you can both be adding things to the calendar. You can both be checking the calendar. So if someone's RSVP to a birthday party and it's the partner who's taking the kid, you're like, all the details are in the calendar, honey. It's got the address. It's got the dress code. Here's the gift, you know. Or you can make the decision around who's the... Who's paying? They might be responsible for the gift and giving up tasks that way. So there's that aspect of it. There's also something around just stepping back and reflecting on the patterns of who does what in your household. And I love the writing of Harriet Lerner, who's an American psychologist and academic, and she's written a few books. She's written The Dance of Anger, The Dance of Intimacy, The Dance of Connection. She's there's a lot of dancing going on because she's talking about the, pa- the patterns, the dynamics in relationships. Brene Brown loved the dance of anger. She talks about it a lot. She talks about over-functioning and under-functioning in relationships, and these are the dynamics that play out around sources of stress and anxiety. So an over-functioner is the person that, like, words into action, becomes super competent, takes over, is running the show, and the underfunctioner kind of checks out. They kind of adopt this complacent, lazy um, stance. And this is a pattern that can become very entrenched in relationships and obviously polarizing. And often you'll find when it comes to life admin, the things on the domestic front, it's the, the woman in a the, in the heterosexual relationship who will be the overfunctioner. And this is unhealthy for everybody. And it's unsatisfying for both people, really. The overfunctioner usually feels exhausted and resentful, and the underfunctioner can feel kind of railroaded or unheard. So I would highly recommend these books to help you understand the patterns in your closest relationships and how you might break out of that underfunctioner, overfunctioner dance.
1: Yeah, I think that's great advice. I can super, uh, you know, I can. I can feel that over functioner uh, action oh, yeah. right in my own <laughs> life and being like, oh no, I can do it, oh no, I can do it. And then right, oh, and yeah. Then that list so long that you that are resentful. I I can absolutely see that. And I think that what's beautiful about the the research you're talking about is that it says even though you're doing all the things you're playing a part in not getting the help that you need by That's overfunctioning you're it's yeah. not you're not doing everything right and then this other person is just not just you know has chosen not to help you you have a role in this too and so changes that you can make if you're the overfunctioner or if you happen to be the super mom that is the under functioner right and is um and and your husband's kind of taken everything over and you're trying to get back to where you can you can both have a piece of of the pie uh then then kind of learning what you can do in that role as well.
0: That's right. And I relate to I was definitely the overfunctioner in my relationship. And You know, it's actually really hard to let go. It's hard to just step back and let the other person take a step forward or a step up and realise they're going to do things their way. You have to come to terms with, like, the standards that are important to you and what you can tolerate or accept. That can be difficult. That can be a discussion. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you just think, you know what, I have less on my plate. I'm not going to make a big deal of what I have let go of because now i have less on my plate and that is very precious you yes. got that time back releasing back.
1: releasing control to gain time is often yes. is often worth it but we feel so we feel so controlling over all of these decisions and the way things are done but so often yeah. it doesn't really matter if the goal is still the goal it doesn't really matter the path to get there right So, you know, it doesn't matter if our spouse does it differently, or even if our older kids, right, there are some life admin things that we can pass off to our preteens. Even I'm thinking, you know, my, I know you said your kids are eight and 10. Mine, um, my youngest is five, but I have eight, 10 and 12. Now she just had a Mm -hmm. birthday and they Mm -hmm. can do a lot of things that are life admin
0: related. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you're sharing it in the family, it's not just with your partner; it's definitely with your kids. And we just had this wonderful interview with Michael Gross, a parenting expert here in Australia, and he said parents often routinely underestimate the capability of their school-age children by about three years. So we underestimate what they're capable of. And I actually remembered when he said that, I thought about a moment when I visited my son in daycare. They had like a parent's morning tea. And we got to go along and see what they were doing and daycare each day. And we had a little snack. And I sat and watched as my son finished his snack and then got his plate and walked over to the little compost bin and scraped off the scraps and then put his plate in the dishwasher. And I was just staring at him like, I'm sorry, <laughs> who is this child? <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. You never do that at home. But, you know, no one had asked him. He just knew that that's what you had to do. So things very much changed around the house once I saw that in play. But yeah, your kids, especially if you have like, you know, kids who are really um, comfortable on their digital devices and their games, if they're playing civilized, you know, planning civilizations in ma- Minecraft and running the lives of multiple sims, then they can handle a to do list. They can like actually look at a schedule and, and help out uh, a lot more. Of, around the home.
1: Absolutely. So with- I totally agree with you. I, well, I yeah. I'll give you another example. Um, it's like your dishwasher example. I, um, our last several vacations now are my children have packed themselves. I've given them yeah. a list. I've told them what they need and they've packed themselves oh. for vacation. And I told some other moms that, and they were like, what, how could you just let them pack themselves? What if they don't bring, yeah. you know, they would say, what if they don't bring underwear? Then we would buy underwear when we get there, you know, I ask them the things and I just, I know that they can pack themselves. They dress themselves every day. I know they can do it. And so for me having to not pack four children, that saves me a massive amount of time. That is a life admin thing that comes up for vacations. Right. And so to be able to hand that off is huge.
0: Yeah, that's a great example because often our kids, you know, they have phones, they have tablets. They've got the same reminders and notes apps that we all have. So often I will create a packing list on my phone and I'll share it with the kids. So they have their own little checklist. They can tick things off. They know what's there. And similarly with the calendars and and notes and things, uh, my daughter, they have like the birthday wish lists. So we have a shared note that's on all the family members' phones. And the kids can add items to their wish list that they want for their birthday or Christmas and things like that, and contribute to the shopping list. So my shopping list is a note on my phone that's shared, and they can add things when things run out or make requests.
1: Sometimes yes. I see
0: some um fanciful suggestions on there. But you know, usually it's like the, <laughs> yeah. the peanut butters just run out so that they, they pop that on, they know they can do that. So kids are way more capable than we think. And there's this beautiful suggestion that for some life admin tasks, even if it's like, like decluttering, kids can help out with things like that. If they've grown out of clothes or, you know, you might have these rituals at the end of the school year or before a birthday where you get them to declutter their books or their toys or their clothes to sort of give it on to others as part of, you know, handing things on recycling, uh, but also making room for the influx of new stuff that's about to come. These are that idea of the junior version of the game as well. So even if there are tasks where you think, you know what, they can't do all of it, or they might do it and they might not do it very well. Like a junior version of football, whether it's touch football or a junior version of here in Australia, netball is a very popular sport and there's like a junior version with modified rules called net set go. So you let them do the dishwasher, or you let them contribute to meal planning, or you let them contribute to Um, planning a birthday party or helping out with planning Christmas or Diwali or Eid, or whatever your, your major celebrations are and just give them like a junior version to do so they can feel like they're contributing and they can learn their life, their own life admin skills as well. Oh, that's
1: so true because I've told this story a few times, but I worked as a resident assistant in college. So I worked with freshmen, right? So 18 year olds that had come in and were, were at university for the first time and they there were some of them that truly had had no life skills. Like they had learned yeah. nothing at home. They didn't know how to make food. They yeah. didn't know how to do laundry. They didn't know how to pro to pay bills, to get mail, and and what to do with it. To write checks, they didn't know how to do yeah. any of that. And yeah. so we did a lot of very basic skill training. But wouldn't it be lovely if your very small children learned pieces of that? And as you got them older and older, by the time they left, they had all of those skills instead of scrambling and trying to figure out what to do as, you know, as like a um, quote,
0: real adult. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of ways you can scaffold, scaffold them and support yes. them to build that independence. I always yes. think about the fact that, um, you know, kids go on exchange student programs when they're teenagers and often to other countries and really by that age, they need to look after, they need to be able to look after themselves. They need to be able to feed themselves a meal. They need to be able to do their own laundry. They need to be able to manage their own schedule. Because if they go to another family and they're in that environment, that's not going to be done for them. It's a whole different dynamic. And that for some reason, that's always sort of been my benchmark that by the time my kids are, you know, in grade nine, grade 10, they need to be self-sufficient in that way. And it doesn't mean they might do all of that in the home all of the time for themselves. Um, There's another saying that you should never do regularly things for a child that they can do for themselves. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, if they know they can do it, it really does build their confidence and their independence. And they're going to be very well-functioning adults when they go out into the world.
1: Uh, I think that is exactly right. They builds their confidence and their independence. So they are well-functioning. That is exactly what we want. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. This is awesome. This is, I think so many moms are overwhelmed, not because of the work and the parenting, but because of this hidden job of these life admin tasks that are in the middle. Before we wrap up, I do want to hear a little bit about the book. Can you share about the book
0: quickly? Yeah, sure. So the book is called Life Admin Life Hacks. It starts with getting you to think about the tools that you're using to to run your life admin. So essentially, we're suggesting that you need a really good digital calendar. You need to schedule in the inevitable things that pop up every week, every year that you can pre-plan. We get you to think about password managers and how time-saving they can be. We think about going paperless and encourage people to automate a lot of the the communication that comes their way to really grapple with to-do lists and get them humming and get that budgeting happening. Once you get those five foundational areas sorted, it's much more easy to optimise your life admin. And then we cover things like streamlining your household. So we start with the home because it's easy to get that in order, things like meal planning, decluttering, organising the kids, outsourcing Then we think about getting your affairs in order, things like tax, your 401K, looking at health and wills and powers of attorney, all that kind of thing. That gives you ultimate peace of mind. Then we turn your attention to comparison shopping for your major household expenses. So things like your internet, your gas, your mobile phones, insurances. And then we look at the fun aspects of life, your social life, gift giving, preparing for major holidays. And all of these areas give you step-by-step guides to approach these things more effectively, looking at some decision-making criteria, some apps and tools that rate well, that we know help you do the job. And basically you can either dive into the book for an area that's a real pain point for you and just get that humming, or you can work your way through it methodically and just do a life admin reset and just tackle one area each month And by 12 months later, you're going to have a life admin makeover. You're going to be spending way less time on it. You're going to be probably sharing it more equitably because each chapter we talk about how you can share this task more equitably in your household. You'll have saved some time and you'll probably have some more household harmony.
1: I love it. And this is so timely as everybody is trying to get their year, you know, their perfect year set up and really wanting to, you know, take a big, big picture, look at what, what does my life look like? And what, what do I have to have? What has to be done? What doesn't have to be done? And you know, where can I do better? So it sounds like this is the perfect guide to help with so many of those things.
0: Yeah. This time next year, it could have a whole different vibe when it comes to the life admin in your life.
1: Fantastic. That's so fantastic. I love it. Um, so let me, before we tell you, or uh, have you tell us where we can find you, um, I want to ask two questions that I ask to every single guest. And one is when do you feel most like a super mom?
0: Yeah. I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen to your other episodes and I was curious what other people would say. And I, I really thought about this. I think it's when I'm present with my kids, when I'm just calm and centered and grounded, and I'm not feeling like I'm falling behind on something by just hanging out with them. I'm not feeling like I need to be productive, but I just have headspace and time to just be with them and hang with them and just be in the moment with them. That's when I feel like a super mom.
1: I think that's great. And I bet that they feel the same, right? They're when, when they get that presence and that attention and that time, they are also thinking my mom's amazing, right? Yeah. All right, last question is, what is one small step busy moms can do today to get started on some of the things we talked about?
0: I think one of the most essentially useful things is to start thinking about your tasks, whether they're a two-minute, too easy, a 10-minute time killer, or an hour of power. And when you start thinking about the tasks in that way, It frees up how you're going to use your time. So if you schedule that hour of power as a recurring meeting in your schedule, you'll suddenly find that overall, you're spending less time on life admin and you'll suddenly feel like you have ample time to get it all done.
1: Perfect. Love it. Okay. How can, um, Mia, how can we find you? Where can listeners go to find you on socials, your website, all Mm. of those
0: things? Yeah. So the podcast, Life Admin Life Hacks is on Apple, Stitch, Spotify, all your favorite podcasting platforms. You can head along to our Life Admin Life Hacks website to sign up to our monthly newsletter to get little nudges, to keep on track with Life Admin. We're on Insta, we're on Facebook, and you can find our Life Admin Hacks book on Amazon, Book Depository, or your favorite online bookstores. Outstanding. Well, this was such a pleasure.
1: I feel like there are so many great tips that we are going to be able to start using like as soon as we're done with this episode. So it's so great. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Oh, thank you, Lori. It's been wonderful.
1: Thanks for listening to the Secrets of Supermom Show. It doesn't have to end here. Head over to secretsofsupermom.com and take the quiz to find out your personalized Supermom superpower. Or if you want to hang out in the next best thing to real life, join me at Secrets of Supermom on Facebook or Instagram. Big hug, y'all.